1: That's 15% off at borough.com slash ACAST.
2: This week I'm in Northamptonshire with our producer Maz, where a by-election has been called after the Conservative MP Peter Bone was suspended from the House of Commons for bullying and sexual misconduct. Allegations he denies. But on the 15th of February, people in the constituency of Wellingborough will be going to the polls. The area voted 62% in favour of Brexit, and some people we meet are unbothered by any suggestion that leaving the EU has failed.
3: I want Britain to be Britain.
2: What happens if you get a much poorer Britain?
3: We were poor before we were out of it, so...
2: The area also has serious issues with poverty, county lines and knife crime.
4: Over the space of around six weeks, there was multiple stabbings. The last one that happened was literally just up there.
2: So, at a time when trust in politicians is at an all-time low, can Labour win this seat? Will it be the Conservative candidate, who's also Peter Bone's girlfriend? Or will Reform UK put a fatal dent in the Tory vote? I'm John Harris, and you're listening to Politics Weekly UK for The Guardian.
4: As you see, so this is an amnesty bin, and we dispose of sharp objects and stuff in there.
2: Our first stop is with Rav Jones, the co-founder of Off the Streets.
4: So as you'll see, kits placed inside, and show what's us what's in it.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tor- is that you can make a tourniquet, basically. Indeed, is what's in yeah. it?
4: Yeah. Um, you've got chest seals. You've got trauma dressing.
2: They're a community group so, who provide first so aid kits for stabbings and run one. school workshops to warn about rising so, so, so knife so, so crime. So
4: As I said, right. the tourniquet is right there. And these are all things that we fundraise, we fundraise for, and then we, we place them across the community in um, Northamptonshire. So,
2: well, what yeah. a thing, though. Yeah. Right, this part Regular sort of community first aid facilities. Literally, yeah. You know, That's an innocent like me would say, "Well, you get have a defibrillator." Yeah. But the point okay. is, you also have a, yeah. a stock of emergency bleed control. Kits.
4: Indeed, yeah, definitely. Right.
2: Okay. Rav has lived in Wellingborough all his life, and he devotes a lot of his spare time to community work. Where are we gonna go?
4: Well, first location I may take you is a little bit around Queens because already in Queens, right?
2: He drives us around the area and explains how cuts to services have had a huge impact, especially on young people. Why do you think it is, here and elsewhere, let's be honest, Mm -hmm. there's been that increase in knife crime?
4: So, in views from the youths that I speak to within our community, um, it's lack of activities for them to do. It's lack of things for them to do. Um, youth centers and stuff is a massive massive one that they always seem to bring up that there's been massive cuts on that and that needs to be something that needs to sort of come back and help is they say that the youth you say, this, yeah. youth say that themselves, the right? You so say not that themselves. that's not being made by
2: somebody nope. up there, like a journalist or a politician. Nope. As a matter of daily <laughs> experience, they'll say, There used to be a youth centre here and there isn't anymore, right? Indeed, and yes. idle hands, you know.
4: You can't find something to fill your time. 100%. Yeah. Wow. It, this is from the youths. It's nothing to do with uh, my personal view. My personal view is that as well, to be honest. There is lack of that because when I was growing up, we had it. We pull
2: up outside a former youth centre which has fresh looking murals across the front but doors that are bolted and windows that are boarded up.
4: Um, Yeah, this is a community centre which was shut down some time ago. We're looking probably about ten years ago. Um, I used to come to this youth centre as and well. You
2: yourself used to come? Yeah. How do you feel standing outside looking at it? Now? Well,
4: <laughs> it was weird because it closed up. Like I remember when it was open and you were buying small little sweets and stuff like that and now it's just closed. And how often was it it's open? Like, bot- like every day. Whoa. Into like, the evening. Like, yeah. All. But it's miserable, isn't it? It's
2: sad. Because this isn't much to ask, is it? Exactly. That you have a youth center mm. You can tell it's not really much to ask because you had it up to a point. It was here, <laughs> exactly, right? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't some impossible dream. It was just part of yeah. everyday life. And then it, they snatched, someone snatched it away. Yes. It's just gone. Yeah, yeah. He now presents a weekly podcast with Ed Balls. <laughs> <laughs> somehow not yet quite answerable for the damage that he did, in my opinion. I mentioned politics and politicians to Rav, but he seems reluctant to talk about any of that. So when we get back in the car, ask him why.
4: I don't do politics. Does that mean you don't vote? I don't vote. Well, why? Why
2: should I vote? Because well, a, because it's all we've got, right? B, because if enough people vote vote the right way, you do get things like the NHS but, and but and what is the right way? What
4: is the right way? At the moment, I would argue, yeah,
2: uh, something different from what we've had for 14 years. Because okay. look at the mess people like you are, tr- are trying your trying your best to deal
4: with. Nothing can be solved like that. It it just Won't work. Like maybe, maybe if everything goes in the right way, but politically,
5: (laughs) I am not. You just don't see You don't
2: see that that carries the possibility of that sort of change. That doesn't. No, we don't.
4: No, we don't. Like we, as we just don't look at it like that. We just look like a lot of people don't find that trusting the authorities is correct. So the community needs to stand up and support itself.
2: Our next stop is a community centre that Rav tells us is close to shutting down because of funding cuts.
4: Yeah, we're in Hemingwell. Um, we're just um, at the Hemingwell Community uh, Centre. So we're going to take a walk around there. We'll get to meet another community leader um, within this area, particularly. It's a big,
2: big neighbourhood, a lot of people live here. You Indeed, can tell looking yes. at there's a lot of housing here, Indeed,
4: right? Indeed, yeah. So, yeah, we'll take a look, we'll go around. Um, just behind us, this used to be a community centre many years ago. Um, it then became a pub and then now it's a kindergarten. So, yeah. <laughs> and this is Cam. He's okay, one of the I'm community John. leaders. Come nice
5: on through. Thank you. So what's your role here? Uh, I work with the kids running sessions in that room there, but uh, there's a fitness kind of gym and a music studio. Okay. And then we've got food bank in
2: here. Inside the center, crates full of food are spread across the floor and people are turning up with empty bags, filling them with whatever they need. We meet the manager, Katie, and some of her volunteers. Obviously, need for food, right, is going, is going up and up and up and has been for ages. What kind of things in people's lives are doing that? Why is need going up?
6: Cost of living. Gas, electric, council tax, everything else is going up. No benefit money changes sir. Right. A lot of people are living on, I'll be truthful, a lot of people on this estate rely on benefit money. That's staying here and everything's rising. Right it's so the same old, the benefits are it will put it up a little bit but then everything else is going up that much yeah. We used to do 60 crates, we probably do about 40 now and we have to end up making more It's not we're not getting enough food in
2: Chris, you've got the worst of all worlds in that yeah. so what, the need goes up, but yeah. the amount of food you've got to give people is going down yeah. and So what?
6: people don't have enough to give
2: yeah. and Why is that? That's another thing about people being hard up, that they can't donate as much
6: Well we pay for our food, it comes from fair share we have to pay for ours they're not getting the food in from the supplier, so they can't send as much to us. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a vicious circle. So
2: are you going to vote at the by-election in two weeks? No,
6: don't do politics. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes no, I like <laughs> no, that you, one. You're voting, he makes sense. He's not, he's not registered. See, really, you don't, you don't, don't vote? No, do no, no. Do no, you know no. what? I did. I did. I was a stickler, right? Yeah. Always voted. Women threw themselves under horses many years ago to get the woman's vote, right? Yeah. Now, I think they're all a load of beeps and they all say this and they all say that and sit there on their multi-million pound pay packets, never lived, never lived on accounts of the state in their life, so. Now hold on a
2: minute though, right, so the deputy leader of the, the, deputy leader of the Labour Party, who will be the deputy prime minister, is Angela Rayner, right, who grew up in poverty, brought up by a mum on benefits, who couldn't, couldn't read actually, right, and became a mother when she was 15, 16. She's different, right? She's
6: probably, yeah, probably and one so out just of the, the...
2: just the very fact that she might be there might be a reason
6: not, for you yeah, to I'm go and vote for something different. Of, one out of the... But just to make that small <laughs> yeah. difference?
2: Yeah. Because she's proof that they didn't all go to public school and they do some of them do know our people, people live, them. right? Yeah, some of Am them I do, but... Am I convinced to vote by saying that?
6: No!
2: <laughs> 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 OK. <laughs> no, Thank you for talking yeah. to
6: yeah.
2: no, us. In the back of the centre is the gym where Cam mentors young people. What are the kinds of stories that you see time and again?
5: Um, being moved from pillar to post, um, losing trust in not only people but organisations because there's so many different organisations in and out of their lives. One lad that I'm close to um, started off in Kettering when I first um, got to know him. Then he got moved to uh, Bradford and then back down to here to Rushton. But previously, he'd been as far as wide like to um london manchester he's been all over the place
2: just care place, care placements yeah,
5: yeah. Okay. been all over the place and never never felt settled at all so that's the story of a young lad basically just going through the system and not trusting anyone and not not feeling never settled
2: okay now from what i gather this community center might close is that right it's it's or it's got real problems with funding is that right
5: it's got real problems um financially basically um the shortfall of what the trustees and the users of the center have to provide is a lot for a community center uh it's not a business you know no one really charges um big money here to d- use the functions uh the rooms and stuff so that's the struggle we're facing now and we're not only else, up and down the country i speak to guys who run Massive projects in Nottingham, in Hull, boxing gyms, etc. They're facing the same thing. The councils
2: haven't got any money. That's another part of the story, right?
5: Well, there's cuts. There's cuts to everything, isn't there? Council cuts, national cuts, Mm -hmm. this cut, that cut. Everyone.
4: Are you going to vote in this
2: by-election?
5: I've never voted, man. See, this is Wellingborough
4: for you. We don't have time for that. Yeah, because I mean, and the point is, I can't
2: stand here and high handedly say, Well, you really ought to vote for this yeah, reason and that right. reason. Do you know what? Yeah. We don't
4: know who's right. We have to just depend on ourselves yeah. as a community. Yeah.
2: In the afternoon, we're meeting Ben Habib, the Reform UK candidate. Yeah, that's good. Three o'clock. No, we'll have a walk around the town. Be good. Lovely. On our way into town, we spot a house with a poster for Labour's candidate, Jen Kitchen, and try our look. I'm really sorry to bother you. We work for The Guardian. Yes. We're in town to cover the by-election. Right. right. And the first thing we saw walking up here was your Labour poster. Can <laughs> well, we talk to you Do for you one minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if that's all right. Yeah. So we've just walked past your house and seen a Labour poster there. You're a Labour Party member. Yes. How long have
7: you been in the, uh,
2: this is like the Spanish Inquisition, how long have you been a <laughs> member of the Labour Party?
7: Uh, I think it's about 40 years, is to be it? honest, yeah. Now that, uh, yeah. Uh, uh,
2: traditionally, that's a very lonely vacation in Wellingborough. <laughs> I wouldn't imagine there are <laughs> well, many Labour... was labor, in London
7: as well when I first joined. But this, was, you know, know, this is not yeah. a Labour area with, here we're in now, is it? It should be, and it has been. 97 uh, it was. Uh, so it was, I think we had um, two uh, elections where it was Labour, uh, where it was uh, a joy, to have <laughs> the support actually uh, followed. Yeah, but then yeah. Peter Bowen ended up with this whacking
2: great majority of yep. 18,500. Yeah, I've got no idea how or why. Oh, I know <laughs> <to> that. that. <laughs> Well, that was the, a lot. Yes. Some of that was the Brexit effect, wasn't it? This is a very Levy place on the whole. Yes, and yes, again on He was again again a very Brexit
7: MP. Yeah, 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 yeah. When it's you something. said you said Labour should be should could, be Labour, yeah. why yeah. did you
6: why did you say it should be a Labour place?
7: Uh, because it's not exactly um, a wealthy town, uh, and one would think that uh, a lot of the uh, areas in it would harbour Labour supporters. But, you know, when you go round, it's not quite as straightforward as that. Many people do support the Conservatives and have done for a while. So. Right. But then, Wellingborough does seem to follow the national trend. In '97, for instance, there was a big swing towards Labour nationally. And lo and behold, in Wellingborough, it was the same. Then slowly but surely that was eroded um, and, you know, at the last election, that's why Bones got such a big majority because in the end, the national majority for the Tories at the last election was huge. Yeah. And are you out okay. knocking doors now? Yeah. But, well, I'm not canvassing, as I'm li- leaflet dropping, mostly, and I will work on the um, election day, which is uh, 15th. Do you in, think in Labour time? will win the by election? it's close it's uh, from what i've seen this um well there's a tory leaflet down there that uh, actually shows um uh, a poll which puts labor just ahead so so they're trying to put the frighteners on their core vote yes and also they're worried about reform you got any reform leaflets yep
2: it's always good to meet a person who's got all the leaflets you see
7: that's one. There's been hundreds. I've this is about we're meeting in later on. Today. Yeah, there's hundreds
2: of those. Slash income tax on the working middle classes, slash taxes on this. This is at a time of when public finances are in a state. Yeah. Slash cheap imported labour, strike immigration, ditch net zero, slash business slashing going on here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was no such <laughs> thing as petty crime. Stop illegal immigration. The Conservative Party's delivered our country into peril. Yes.
7: I'm glad we met you. you. I've probably just thrown a load out. He's sent loads of stuff around and he's in. So they're getting bankrolled. There's a lot of money being spent on the reform campaign. Absolutely. He's more active than the Tories. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've had far more leaflets from reform than I have from the Tories.
8: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com.
2: suppose if you just superficially looked at how safe a Tory seat this seems to have become you might make all sorts of assumptions about it because we're still sort of broadly in the south of England and so on this was somehow a relatively affluent place and it's and it's not clearly you know we're uh, I feel we're sort of on the economic average point somehow of England or Britain and all its problems at the moment The first thing that you see as you walk up to the main street is what used to be the post office, this vast, quite grand building. It's just all boarded up. See, I think this is the biggest sort of underlying problem for the Conservative Party after 14 years in charge. If your record amounts to anything, this presumably is somewhere in the mind of some Conservative voters will be this question. If you've been in charge for 14 years, What have we got to show for it? Because a hell of a lot, I mean, arguably most English towns of this size just bear all the signs of decay and problems. And so, Rishi Sunak appearing on their TV regularly saying, stick with me, the plan's working. This doesn't feel like it, does it?
5: Excuse me,
2: can we ask you a quick question? Go on then. How's Wellingbrood doing? Well, without swearing, not
3: very good. (laughs) Go on. It's basically shit.
2: You'll know there's a by-election here in two weeks' time. Yeah. Yeah. And what, how do you feel about it? What?
3: Well, in my mind, there's eleven candidates. Why? <laughs> and free country one stand of for of parliament if you want Illegal. People. any one of them's been doing illegal bits so well we don't we don't
2: know but he he, down.
3: he well, was he suspended
2: s- from the house of yeah, commons
3: exactly. so does partners? that give you any confidence to want to vote for any of them mm. to be honest
2: well the official opposition as you know is the labour party right they're the alternative yes. uh, as they would present themselves to the conservatives mm-hmm. are you minded at all to vote for them
3: people who are either going to vote Labour or Conservative because they're the main ones and they think they're the only ones who going to do any good, but perhaps everybody needs to vote for another one just to see, ah, that may be a bit yeah. better. Like reform? The do, you choices? About, do you know
2: about reform, UK? No. That's sort of Nigel Farage's lot.
3: Well, do you know what? I used to listen to him and I used to think, that man talks a lot of bloody sense and, <laughs> and uh, he weren't that one when he was with someone else was UK it liberal Kip. or something UK? UK. Yeah, I didn't but you they were the ones who sort of made sense. the case
2: of Brexit which arguably has not turned out to be that great um,
3: we're out of it now are not we
2: how do you feel yeah. about that
3: great do you I want Britain to be Britain
2: what happens if you get a much poorer Britain
3: well it's poor now <laughs> we, <laughs> we'll get poor. Poorer. we were poor before we were out of it so
2: yeah, but we weren't facing things like much more expensive food and businesses having a start terrible time. Growing
3: their own and doing bits and bobs like that. We're all got lazy. We're eating on takeaways. <laughs> you got time to grow your own food? Well, yeah. I haven't. So yeah. You're both
2: all right with Brexit. Brexit still
3: yeah, I'm strikes fine.
2: you as a good idea. Yeah. Okay.
3: Keep Britain Britain. And if we're talking about we were national. Before. If we're national things, what about the migrants? That's that gets in my head.
2: It's migrants.
3: Then that coming on the boats.
2: That really bothers it, you, but in the midst of not being able to make ends meet and the cost of living being impossible oh, and so on...
3: But what about our people own people are, who are fought yeah, for our country our and they people. can't get a home and they're living in the streets Yeah, but and that's because not like enough
2: that. money's been spent on housing. Exactly. It's not because it's not of people are arriving here on small boats.
3: No, but then no. they're giving them them, but why don't they give their own... Our own ex- they're not
2: giving them, them they, they put them in hotels or camps.
3: Exactly, but why are no they not helping that? the soldiers, the ex?
2: I agree, that's a that's, terrible thing. But yeah. I, don't, I, don't think, I don't know what it's got to do with small votes. So you just don't know who you're going to vote for?
6: Not yet. All
2: right, well, you got two weeks to make your mind up. I oh,
6: know.
2: Well, that's a sort of sobering, slightly depressing reminder, isn't it? Of the large chunk of the electorate that sits outside our world, you know, working for the Guardian. It shows you really what the Labour Party has to deal with. If the Labour Party wants to win an election and get a majority in the Commons. You know, it has to convince a sizeable number of people who think like that, and that's hard, right? That's just the cold reality of how politics works. Partly because of our electoral system, it has to be said, but nonetheless.
5: Hello. Hello. So, how long have you?
2: Are you from Wellington? How long have you lived here?
3: I, know, I came in 2005.
2: Did you? Yeah. Where were you before that? South Africa. Were you?
3: Yes.
0: Okay, and you say how long have you lived here? Oh, five years. Okay. Yeah, I'm from Kenya. Are you? Yeah.
2: Uh, tell me about Wallingborough.
0: What's it Well like? Wellingborough is a very uh, small, good town. Very secure, safe town, you know, to live in. You like so living there? Yeah. Do you I think you'll like stay? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we stay here. Yeah. This is where I'll be spending the rest of my life, you Really? Know. I think so, no, yeah. Yeah.
3: You don't, <laughs> you don't know dad, because yeah, I like it here, but I won't mind to move either. Do you work? Yeah. What do you do? I work in a warehouse, DHL.
0: Right. Do you work, sir? Yeah. What yeah. do you do? I'm a delivery driver. For who? Uh,
2: Amazon. Okay. Yes. Do you know about the by election that's happening here in yeah. two weeks'
0: time? Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. you going to vote? Yes, of course, yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, yeah. Do you I'm know voting. who you're going to vote for? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, well, I've been voting for Conservative, but right now I've dropped down. I'm pro Conservative. <laughs> i know you're surprised about that but uh um, tell me so tell, tell me first of all why you did vote conservative yeah uh, first of brexit yeah brexit what and you were uh, in favor of brexit yeah 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 and uh, there's a lot of things was go- they were doing very well then and now i see there's a lot of you know dramas and uh you know i lost my trust on them anyway yeah Are uh, you go- are you gonna vote
3: Oh, do you know what you're going to... Conservatives.
2: Do? You'll carry on voting Conservatives? Yeah,
3: because I like Rishi Sunak, and I think he has not been in power long enough to make a change, and no. I believe he's going to make a change.
2: What do you like about him?
3: I just like his um, character. He's very educated. I-, I like him. I think if he's in power for long enough, he'll-, he'll change things.
2: OK. How do you feel about the future? You've got a young child and so on. You must think about that.
0: I think our future in the UK is good, is great. So we are taxpayers. We're just working hard you not know, to make okay. a UK great, you know.
2: I think that's really interesting. You see that you hear people moaning about migrants, and then you meet someone who actually is a migrant. And no question, do you work? Yes, straight away. Nominally self-employed, works for Amazon. That's not the passes. type
6: of migrant they're moaning about.
2: I know. I disagree.
6: They—they're not going to come over on boats. That's the type of my. Yeah, no,
2: I about. don't agree with that, you see. I think when people start moaning about that, there's a generalized if you in certain cases, there's a sort of generalized dislike of difference and the idea of people from overseas and so on. But the point is, you know, unavoidably, people like that sooner or later, have to realize that they're the people who keep everything running. We contacted Labour and the Conservatives ahead of our trip to see if they could meet us for an interview in Wellingborough, but they couldn't. So we're on Sheep Street to meet the candidate who seems to be making the most noise, Ben Habib from Reform UK, who gives us a quick history lesson. This
8: hotel on the left that we'll come up across, the Hind, um, used to be frequented by Charles I and Oliver Cromwell. You know, it's quite remarkable, isn't it? But it's suffering in the same way that so many towns are across the United Kingdom. I mean, what we need to do is to repurpose the town centre. That comes partly with slashing business rates, so it's not prohibitively expensive for retailers on lower margins who are competing with online retailers who have, you know, no business rates. Make it cost effective for them to reoccupy number one so cutting business rates, which is a tax on trying to do business it 's not a tax on turnover it 's not a tax on profit yeah. it 's literally a tax on you opening got up an even
2: bigger hole in local
8: government finance than you 've yeah. got already if you but do the, that But, you know the problem the whole narrative we 're digressing, but no, the no, whole it's interesting. but Go the on. whole narrative around taxation is if we cut taxes, we can't afford to do it because we, we haven't got enough money as it is all. The reason we haven't got enough money is because taxes across the board are too high. And we've ended up hollowing out our economy. So you think if we drop taxes,
2: if we, then, if we then, then the, ta- the tax
8: take goes up? At, at the moment, absolutely. At the moment, what we've got is a post-World War II high taxes yeah. as a proportion of GDP. And we've also got borrowing, national borrowing, at a post-World War II high. The combination of those two is suffocating the economy. What we have to do is cut taxes, which will generate growth. Okay. And off the back of that growth, you then will get the exchequer will collect more tax. Okay. Let me ask you a politics question. Yeah, go on. Then. What's it all about? Your candidacy reform. Yeah. What are you trying to do? I am of the view that over 40 years of EU membership and a, a progressive march by our governing. Bodies towards what they regard as the global betterment of the world has come to mean that British national interests and what's good for the British people is continuously and constantly put in second place. Okay, but in terms of standing in the
2: middle of a political system, which as you and I both know. is largely dominated certainly in england by the conservative and labor parties
8: correct first past the post protects their position okay we both know that yeah what was the game what do you what do you want to achieve well i think that i you know the labor party didn't exist in the middle of the 19th century and they became a force and i i I think there's time for a new political force what i'm hearing on the streets it's a bit like you know i know you you covered the 2016 vote before it happened. and you got a feeling for how the political sands were shifting back then. I did. And I'm getting a feeling on the str- on the streets again that people are angry. People know when they are suffering.
1: It,
2: you want net zero migration. Yeah. One in, one out—that's called. I think that's a phrase yeah. used on
8: on the reform website. It's actually, it's a tone of phrase that Richard's adopted. I think it's a it's a, it's a play on um. <laughs> well, are you, know, you dis-
2: are you distancing yourself from it? Or are you all right with no, no, one? No, no, in, no, I'm I'm all right
8: with it. I'm, I mean,
2: we look, we have well, let to. Let me ask you this though: yeah. there is a tension there with you yeah. and your candidacy. Forgive me. Yeah.
8: In the plain facts, obviously you're an immigrant yourself. I, well, I I I'll tell you what I am. I don't know what I am, but I'll tell you who I am. My father's Punjabi and Pakistani. Yeah. My mother is British, blonde, blue-haired, born in Isleworth. Yeah, where were you? And, and uh, sorry, I wouldn't usually ask people these
2: questions, but yes. given that no, you talk yeah, about immigration, it's, it's, it's relevant. relevant.
8: Where were you born? I was born in Karachi.
2: And how long how long
8: did, were you in Karachi before you when came I was to the 13. UK? Thirteen. Right, so you're an immigrant. Uh, so, what point... You define an immigrant for oh, me. you
2: just do well Someone who spe- spent at least the first, I don't know, 10, 15 years of their life, okay. perhaps, or the first year, who was born overseas and came here, okay. right? Well, in th- that case, if, you're, if that's your definition of an immigrant, I am an immigrant. Well, would you have got... Forgive
8: me, this, again, is sort yeah. of blunt language. Would you have got in, would your family have I w- got in I was under on, reforms policy? I was put on my mother's pass- passport when I was born, <laughs> and the first passport I got was a British passport.
2: Is this by-election? Yeah, this is Britain First. Oh, this
7: is the.
2: the yeah. these are the successors
8: to the BNP. Yeah.
2: Hi, how are you? Good to see you. Yeah,
7: good to
8: see you.
2: So uh, we're just talking there to Ben Habib as uh, Britain First, who are fascists, essentially, come by with their tannoy system. It says, stop the boats, deport illegal immigrants, reject career politicians. Right, Britain First have driven on wherever they're going. So what's
8: your definition of an immigrant? My definition of an immigrant is someone who comes to the United Kingdom with no British blood, as it were. So, Whoa, what does that mean? So someone, so my mother's English, so my father's Pakistani. So I'm not, I don't see myself as an immigrant. My, I'm proud of my Pakistani heritage, but I was effectively born British. I was on my mother's passport Feel British. I was educated. All my formative years were in the United Kingdom. You know, so I feel British. But I think if someone comes across to the United Kingdom with both parents having been Pakistani, for example, having been educated until they left university, for example, yeah. in Pakistan, then they're an immigrant. But you would agree that they can aspire to and achieve Britishness by coming here. Yeah, OK, so let's just discuss that because that's the key issue here, isn't it, from a social perspective. Is that where you're going with this comment? I don't know. It's just, it's, just, that's
2: yeah. the, it's
8: just an interesting question about whether
2: one can be an immigrant and then move, in this instance,
8: to Britain and yeah. become British. So, OK, let's just get a few things straight. I'm not against immigration, OK? Number one. I'm half Pakistani, half British. The United Kingdom's history um, is steeped in going abroad, meeting people, adopting new forms of culture, interacting, exporting our culture as well as importing foreign cultures. I've got no problems with any of that. The problem I have is with the speed at which immigration has taken place... In part because of the economic damage, I believe it does to the United Kingdom, which we've touched on when we talk about undercutting yeah, there's our labour. Statistical evidence for that. I mean, but the, no, yeah. but there's the, you can make a, you can, you don't need statistical evidence to know well, that when mig- you m- migrants are net contributors to the economy. No, but they're not. But they're not, you see, because when you take that very two-dimensional approach, looking at GDP, what you're not taking into account. Is the burden on infrastructure, the burden on the NHS, the burden on house building?
2: Of course but there is. The Last year, you and I both know that if there weren't people from overseas working in the NHS, the NHS would be even more on its and, knees than it is now.
8: But if you deny the fact that three quarters of a million people don't put a burden on the demand for housing, don't put a burden on the demand for education, don't burden the NHS, that simply doesn't add up. I don't think
2: you can talk in the language of burdens when, for example, uh, without people from
8: overseas, social care would be in a terrible no, mess. There'd be lots of people no, whose old no. age would be impossible. Are you suggesting that we are incapable as a nation of t- training no. the people we need to train to operate our NHS, to operate our social care system, to operate our teaching system are you are you saying as a nation we are fundamentally incapable of doing that and that we must rely on immigrants so broken are we as a, I as think a, in as a race in the context
2: of an aging society alone yes you have to look at people coming from abroad To work in our public services yes that doesn't preclude the fact that of course it's right that there should be very very large numbers of british-born nurses and doctors and orderlies and teachers and teaching assistants and everything else but i know from my own experience right every time my my my, my, one of my kids for example was sick before christmas everyone we met in the course of a five or six hour visit to, to the hospital
8: had been born overseas right I know that but for a fact. But that's not cause and effect. Just because everyone you experience have been born overseas yeah. doesn't mean that you therefore need to have everyone born
2: overseas. I didn't say everyone. You were not only a member but a donor to yeah. the Conservative Party. When
8: did that change and why? So that changed in 2019. I watched Theresa May make a complete hash of Brexit, right. and I was mouthing off in my boardroom um, with a PR guy who was present. Who said, Well, do you want to meet Nigel Farage? He's setting something up called the Brexit Party, and the rest is history. Okay. And would you ever go back? I mean, the Conservative Party might change after the, after the, the, the
2: next cons- election. The I Conservative mean,
8: K- Braverman, for example, might be the leader, or the conserv- Kemi Badenock the might the be the leader. The Conservative Party is incapable of becoming a Conservative Party. The Parliamentary Party is not a broad church, it's a fundamentally divided church. It's divided between the One Nation Conservative MPs. Who were mostly remainers, mostly large status, pro-global, supranational institutions governing the British people. That's that lot. And then you have whatever they call the five, six, seven families. On the six. I I mean, I've lost count. I mean, it's it's, they're a lost cause. All of them, Mm -hmm. as far as I think. think the, The conservative parliament. If you're still a conservative parliamentary MP and you believe in conservative values, you're in the wrong party. Okay, and you want to destroy them. I, did. I The reason I joined Reform UK was, uh, uh, was to obliterate the Conservative Party. That's good. And last question,
2: what's success
8: here in success two weeks' here time? Success winning for you. Winning. Is winning, of course. Getting, someone told me he was getting 10%. Well, if I get reform. 10%, that's a success, but I want to win. I'm not here to lose. I'm not here to make a mark. I'm here to win.
5: Okay.
2: Great. The time we spent in Wellingborough gives me a very familiar sense of a gap between all the noise and melodrama of politics and politicians and people tirelessly trying to hold where they live together. Many of whom have very little interest in the by-election and what it might mean. That disconnection, it seems to me, ought to really worry people in Westminster. But for now, I want to thank Rav Jones from off the streets, Cam Palmer from the compound, and Katie Knight at the Hemingwell Community Centre, as well as Jonathan and Joe from the Wellingborough Eco Group, who we spoke to, but who didn't make it onto this week's episode. This week's installment of Politics UK was produced by Frankie Toby and Eli Block. The music is by Axel Cacoutier, and the executive producers are Maz Eb and Nicole Jackson.
3: This
1: is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts?